Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where the discussion ranges from employee safety, environmental protection, policy creation, training methods, employee engagement, and everything in between. Your host is Dr. Mark French. As an industrial and organizational psychologist and certified safety professional, he's going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in EHS and how they impact our everyday workplace. Safety is the organizational genesis for real understanding, empathy, and communication in your workforce. Leading safety first drives a positive evolution in your work practices. As we teach safety, we are enabling our leaders to learn more about their teams and the amazing diversity of background and diversity of thought that make our workplaces great. Hi. I'm Mark, and I'm so happy that you've joined me for this episode of the podcast. In the past few weeks, I've been talking more and more about empathy in the workplace and common misconceptions that have been in the industry for decades. So I came across that article in Professional Safety that was a throwback to 1995, but a lot of Other things have been happening, but I've been so interested in that article that I really didn't have an opportunity to focus on them. This one I came across because it happened in my home state of Kentucky, but also it made the blog of Jordan Barab, his confined space blog that he publishes, and it caught my attention twice because of that, and I Now's the chance that I really want to really dive into that a little deeper to understand it and maybe even discuss it. And this has been something I have had a concern with and spoken about a few times is that I have back years ago, I thought I was going to go into media. I was working at a local radio station. I was writing news. I was doing other work in those areas and I loved it. I love doing newscasting. I love going around and broadcasting and reporting the news and trying to understand the facts and how to deliver them and ultimately went a different direction because that to me, I loved it, but I don't think it ever was going to be as fulfilling for me as what I do now. And now I get to do podcasting, which is phenomenal, really meets both that journalistic intent that I have and that background for safety. One of my greatest, I guess, things that really spark me is how an occupational fatality is reported in the news. I do know that as someone who's in the safety field, when you have an accident, you want to be able to get the information. You 
the worst case scenario is the news is all over you. You don't have a lot of information and you're doing your best to provide good information, but also conduct your investigation thoroughly. So in most cases, there isn't a lot of information. But what it becomes is that something serious, like a worker fatality, becomes something that just disappears off the radar sometimes. Very few times have I tried to follow up on a story a year later, six months later, that have interested me, that I found good information where it was followed up. That once the OSHA investigation was over, once the company investigation was over, that there were facts published sometimes in a very large OSHA investigation where there's a big fine OSHA will publish a a memo saying hey we've issued this fine but in most cases it comes across as a worker has died there's an investigation and that's it and I feel like that if there was more outrage about workers fatality because we are doing a lot in the safety field to reduce those significant incidents and fatalities. They're still happening. And there's still a lot of organizations that don't get it, that are putting their people at risk. And fundamentally, it's that lack of empathy, that lack of caring about someone's basic live or die situation. So I'm not sure about the company. This company out of Elizabethtown, Kentucky, a tier one automotive plant. I've been in tier one automotive. I'm, there's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of work. There's also, though, usually a lot of quality put into the, the programs. So this is not a reaction to that organization. It's unfortunate. No one should have to go to work and expect not to come home. In this case, though, I, I have the same concern. And when I read it the first time and I saw it in the blog, it hit me twice that this is something that has to change. And what Jordan Barab says is that the way that this is worded is that the the 24-year-old employee was killed Tuesday morning in a workplace mishap. And then he defines by the Oxford Dictionary that a mishap is bad luck or an unlucky event or accident. That is the wrong way. We should not be approaching as people who care about the news, as as someone who was a former, I guess, pseudo-journalist, someone who would report the news and write the news and actually go talk to people about the news. That frustrates me on that level because that is false. This is not a stroke of bad luck. When this investigation is over, there will be concrete items that could have been done. And I am sure there are workers there that were involved because what happened was the individual was struck by a forklift. And that's very common. There is an automotive, especially is big, heavy parts. There are lots of moving pieces, tuggers, fork trucks, tow motors, all kinds of equipment that is moving around the facility at any given time. There is huge risk in that and it has to be controlled. And I know There are people looking at themselves. There is a company investigating. There is OSHA investigating, trying to see what happened. And there will be concrete steps. I I really hope in my heart of hearts that the company is going to take huge steps now to change the way they fundamentally educate on pedestrian traffic, change traffic flows, work on places where people may cross because of this. 
there is not just a mishap. This was not a stroke of bad luck. This was not a very clear sunny day and a lightning bolt out of nowhere struck someone. This was where fork truck traffic is happening. A pedestrian is in a fork truck area. Someone wasn't seen. Someone didn't know. Somewhere a move was made and someone didn't go home. So as news people, as people who report on items that happen in the workplace, there are no accidents. And there's always been the premises, all accidents preventable. Can you prevent 100% of accidents? And there's huge debate on whether or not 100% can ever be really achieved based on choices, based on unknowns. Everything I've ever come across when you look at what is happening, could there have been any change that would have avoided it? In most cases, in a very high probability of chances, there was an action that if you look and you play Monday morning quarterback and you look at it, there was something you can do. Does that make it preventable? Maybe that information wasn't available at that time. Maybe we didn't fully understand that risk at that time. Now, it's unfortunate that someone had to lose a life rather than near misses or traffic reports or hazard reports that we can look at that data and try to understand. And for this to happen and then for it to be classified as a mishap, if you read that in the news, you go, oh, it's unfortunate, but I guess those things happen and we walk away. A workplace fatality should not be something that just happens. We should not be so accustomed to reading about it that it doesn't matter or spark some kind of interest, some kind of change. I've got more podcast coming up in just a moment. You've got a friend in the safety business. Who wants to help your team work safer? The safety dude. Who wants to help your leadership engage through safety? Again, the safety dude. Who is there to take your safety systems to the next level? That's right, the safety dude. Who has the knowledge and skill to drive safety ownership? You know it, the safety dude. So who is the safety dude? Dr. Mark French is an experienced and credentialized safety professional with a focus on the organizational psychology of your company. You can find a safety dude at TSD Amalgamated Safety Consulting, where he is ready to focus on your team's safety. www.tsdamalgamated.com Welcome back to the second half of our Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Again, I'm Mark, and I am so happy you've joined me. Love doing this podcast, and I'm so happy that you were part of it with me. Thank you for being right here with me as we walk through those things, health and safety, but more the organizational, the cultural, the behavioral, the psychology behind what we do in the safety profession. In the first half of this podcast, started talking about an accident in my home state of Kentucky where a fork truck struck a person and killed them. I was upset and still upset over the idea that it's not a mishap. When the news reports that a workplace mishap, it wasn't. 
in this case, there was probably something that could be done. And there's a lot of people looking at that now. And there's probably a lot of guilt. There's probably a lot of concern. There's probably going to be a lot of change. And that comes with an event that is life changing in that case. But let's talk a little bit more Fort Trucks. Fort Trucks and powered industrial equipment, powered industrial trucks are very common in a lot of places. Sometimes it's just one running around an entire site. In the cases of like an automotive plant, there can be dozens or hundreds, depending on the size, running around doing their work. One of the items that I have found to be highly successful, and I want to just share a best practice here, not making any judgment on that news, really just building on that and saying from a cultural standpoint, something I have found to be very useful and a great tool that I have used in the past is using almost a heat map of traffic, of looking at traffic flow in your facility. So you get a big map of your facility and you walk around, you look at where Fort Trucks are traveling. Where are they? Where do they have to go? And this is a very inclusive process. This is not just your safety team putting in all the work. This is talking to your production coordinators, your material flow specialists, your people who are setting up and designing the workflow of your areas. And you ask them, where is this going to flow? Where are these vehicles going to be traveling? Where are they? And where are our people workstations at when these Fort trucks are, are moving? Where are they? Are our people and their workstations, how close are they to this traffic flow? You also look at your pedestrian walkways. Where do we expect pedestrians to be traveling? Where are their crossover points to where Fort trucks or powered industrial vehicles are within, let's call it six feet, whenever there is a place where a pedestrian and powered industrial vehicles will be coming close together within six feet. That is a red area. This is a place of high concern. I remember one facility in particular where I learned this lesson and it was not bad. It was because of a near miss. Someone came out of the bathroom and the bathroom that led right to the production floor. Basically, you came straight out into a walkway or which was also a vehicle area. And when they opened the door, Fort truck passed by and it was like, oh man. And we had just built the building. We were still putting things in it. We were still doing process flow and it realized quickly, we've got to get our barriers up so that when you come out of the bathroom, there is a sturdy barricade that forces you to stop and either go left or right. It prevents the Fort truck from coming in the pedestrian lane. It prevents the pedestrian from stepping out in the Fort truck lane. It creates that physical barrier. And is it easier to go behind the barrier? We have to think about if we've made a traveling path hard to get to, people aren't going to use it. So how do we improve our traffic flow? And when we think of traffic flow, it's pedestrian. How do they get to their work area? How do they get to break? How do they get their materials? And then how do the materials funnel to them? What is the potential for the vehicle and the person to meet? And how do we put up a physical barricade? How do we make sure that these two don't come together? And using your process flow, using your industrial engineers, using your even your fork truck drivers are saying, on this map, where are you likely to go every day? 
let's take a orange marker and you put your route that you're always traveling with a yellow marker or maybe blue, purple, pick a great color, put the areas that you sometimes, not frequently, but you sometimes have to drive your Ford truck. There is the beginning of the conversation. There is the beginning of understanding the risk. And Fort Trucks and People are SIF. They are significant incident and fatalities. The other item that I learned and something I had to teach myself, and it was because, again, I was lucky. It was a near miss versus an incident. But this should be part of your change management. When you start initiating a project and you start initiating a process change, a workflow change, or an organizational, like a layout change of where your items are, where and how does that affect your foot traffic? How does it affect your vehicle traffic? That needs to be part of that change management system that you look at that process flow and you look at how much easier, how much harder have you made it for people to travel. I love when I walk around Take your pick of any place that has a large grounds. It also has sidewalks. Do you look and see like the foot traffic where it cuts through the grass and the grass is all worn down because everyone is taking that path? It's not because it's the sidewalk. It's because that is the easiest path. We have to understand under the psychology of people that just because we've created a path for them to walk in, that may not be the easiest path. That may not be the path they are taking. And we have to keep our eyes open and ask good questions. It shouldn't just be that we find people walking in the wrong area. We slap them on the wrist and say, that's not the place you walk. That shouldn't be the direction you walk. Should you correct people? Yes. But if it's happening a whole lot, we have to take a step back as an organization, ask ourselves, why is it happening? What makes this route so much better? Do people understand the risk of this route? Is there a way that we can make this a permanent route? Can we make it easier for people to travel in this area? Is there a time of day? Like, for instance, if this is an area that people want to take during breaks or lunches because it gets them to their food or to their break a few minutes faster in a large facility, then maybe five minutes before break and five minutes after break, fork truck traffic in that area is stopped. We don't do any work in that area with a fork truck in preparation for break and for the after break so that we can use it as an area for pedestrian traffic. When it comes to these hazards, we have to be proactive. We have to find ways to make it visual, to make it integrative, to make it part of the organization. I've really enjoyed talking to you about Fort Truck. I appreciate the conversation. Join me on the web if you want more. Hit me up on Twitter, LinkedIn. I would love to continue the discussion. Until next time we chat, stay safe.
Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. All opinions expressed on the program are solely the view of the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.